This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, this is Healing Sunday, glory to God. This is, uh, I've been focusing on the first Sunday of every month to, to minister on healing. And I think that's important because um, I don't think any of us are walking in total health like we need to. Amen. And how many people tend to get attacked with sickness every once in a while? And um, so we need to get strong in our faith. So I'm going to talk to you about steps uh, to take for your healing. And um, really, uh, just like we just came off of a, a messy series on love. And the first key, if you're being attacked with any kind of sickness, is you need to check your love walk. Amen. You need to check if you're... You know, if you're harboring any ill will or bitterness or if you're in any kind of um, um, if you're harboring any kind of hurt or unforgiveness, you need to release all that. Amen. Because, you know, the, our covenant, like I've been preaching all last month, is a covenant of love. And so Jesus, what he taught, he taught a covenant of, of love and love being on the practical side is giving and forgiving. So if you're going to be practical in your love walk, you have to be a giver and you have to be a forgiver. Amen. And so we have to learn because, you know, Jesus even said there's going to be opportunities for us to get offended down here on earth. And uh, you live long enough. There's going to be somebody that's going to do you wrong. There's going to be somebody that's going to say the wrong things, do the wrong things. And, and, and offenses are going to come to everybody. But how we respond to these offenses um, will depend on if we're going to have God's grace and mercy of health in our life or if we're going to have the curse come into our life. So if you're walking under the love of God, you're walking under his grace. But when we walk out of the love of God and we're harboring ill will or bitterness or we're harboring things... Um, then that puts us into the devil's territory. And that gives him uh, legal access to uh, come against us. Amen? And so we need to walk in the love of God. And so it is giving and forgiving. And I was thinking about that. And we know that the, the number one commandment is to love, the, the law of love, is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind. But how do you love God? I mean, you love him by obeying him, one, but also a way of loving God is, is you got to be very careful because sometimes when we're living this life, we can get critical. And one of the ways of loving God is being thankful. Uh, and I'm talking to anybody today. Because any time we're encountering any kind of problems or issues, a lot of times we focus on those things and that can cause us to be unthankful. With the circumstances that we're dealing with. And the Bible says this. And I really believe loving God is acknowledging God in your life. And being thankful for every good thing that he has done for us. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And a lot of times we can forget about all the good things that God has done for us. Amen. We can forget all the prayers he has answered. We can, we can forget those things. Just like the Israelites. You know, God did an awesome thing for the Israelites when, when they were in captivity in Egypt under the bondage of Pharaoh. 
And so God did a wonderful thing by, by bringing them out of the Egyptian bondage. And he did all these miracles. And, uh, and he allowed them to come out of that bondage. And, and he did something awesome for the Israelites. Um, when they got into the desert, moving into their promised land, he, what he did was he allowed manna, food, to fall from heaven. He allowed a cloud to be over them by the day so they wouldn't be too hot. And a fire at night so they wouldn't be too cold. I mean, isn't God good? And God is so awesome. And he, and he allowed these good things. And, but you know what? It wasn't long until they were complaining. <laughs> they were complaining. They had the cloud. They had the sun. They had manna. You know, they had, you know... The, the greatest health food you could ever eat. I wish I could get my hands on some of it. But, uh, but uh, they had the greatest. And then they would start complaining. You know, that, you know, the desert. And they would complain. They would even complain about the manna. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And sometimes it can be easy to complain. And you, you know the old saying, complain and you will remain. <laughs> Praise and you'll be raised. Amen. And so what we need to understand this, one of the key things that the enemy will do to keep us from loving God is we, we can get disgruntled in our situation or in the state that we're in. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And we become unthankful. And that's the way we can move away from God when we're unthankful to God. And so we need to always be, be, be acknowledging God. When we wake up, you know, it, we need to have a heart of gratitude and be thanking God in spite of what we may be going through. And I'm talking to anybody today. And, you know, and that's, and, and that's not easy. Because, you know, we, we live, you know, in the flesh. We live in a world that's not perfect. You know, this world's not perfect. And, uh, and the reason why, you know, there's disease, you know, and you have all this coming on, all these plagues and diseases and all that, which, you know, I'm going to say this to you today. You're redeemed from all these viruses out here. You got the blood of Jesus covered you. Amen. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You don't need to be in fear. Hallelujah. Amen. Because, you know, the life of Christ Jesus, my Bible says, is dwelling in me. And if it's dwelling in me, the life of Christ Jesus is dwelling in you. Amen. Do you believe that today? And the law of life that dwells in you is greater than the law of sin and death. Amen. That's out here. That's trying to kill people. Amen? Amen. Somebody say, I'm protected. So we don't need to be worried about this flu and that flu. Glory to God. We just need to walk in the love of God. Amen? And we need to get a revelation of God's love. Look at your neighbor and say, get a revelation of God's love. Now, in Ephesians 3, 17 and 22, I like this because this is a prayer that Paul prays. He actually prays uh, a prayer in Ephesians chapter 1 uh, and, and, and uh, chapter 3 of Ephesians. And he's praying this for the church of Ephesus. But these are prayers that we have on that table that you can actually pray for yourself and for your loved ones. And right here, it says here in Ephesians 3, 17 and 22, it says the Christ. This is a prayer that Paul is praying that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. 
may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God now in him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above uh, all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. So Paul is saying he's praying a prayer to uh, for the Ephesus, for the church of, of Ephesus. And also it's a prayer for us as well. And it's a prayer that we can pray for ourselves that he wants us to be rooted and grounded in God's love. Wow, that's a powerful prayer. I mean, if you're going to pray a prayer, you need to be rooted and grounded in God's love. Amen. And, and get a revelation of, of what, you know, God has done uh, for us through his son, Jesus. And when you get a revelation of that, what what all Jesus did by going to the cross and paying our sin debt, uh, when we get a revelation of what Jesus paid for, I'm telling you, you will get free. And you won't have any worry. See, I think a lot of times when we get, a, anybody ever get a bad doctor's report in here? Yeah, sometimes we get a bad, and, and a lot of times what the enemy wants to do is whenever we get a bad report, it, it can be called an evil report. And whenever we get a bad report, sometimes what the enemy wants to do is put fear in us. He wants to get us afraid. He wants, oh my, you know. And if the, if the enemy can get us in fear, in other words, focus on the, the issue that maybe the doctor says that you have and focus on that, um, then, then he's going to get us doubting the promise. The devil will get us doubting the promise of God's word. See, God's word is stronger than the bad report that you have received. You've got to get a revelation of that. And so what the enemy will do is he will, he will try to get fear into our equation. That's why we need to be rooted and grounded in God's love. Because the Bible says perfect love, when we're walking in perfect love, it casts out fear. Right? And so we can't allow fear to come into our equation. We can't get afraid. Why? Because you got a big God with you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And sometimes we allow fear and we focus on that. No, we need to focus on the bigness of God and he can bring you through any negative thing you might be going through. Do you believe that today? So, so we can't allow, what's the offspring of fear? Worry, doubt, unbelief. All these things are offsprings of fear. So if we're worrying or we're concerned. No, Jesus said that you shouldn't worry about anything. What, Pastor? In other words, we should not be worrying because God has us in the palm of his hands. God is a big God. Amen. And he can bring you through anything that the enemy may be trying to put you through. You believe that today? Let's look at Romans 8, 31 and 35. It says here, uh, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? I love that. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him for us. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Think about that. When you read the scriptures, you really have to eternalize it and really read it. Sometimes we read scriptures 
Uh, how many people out here read, read, do you read your Bible? How many people read a Bible out here? Glory to God. And sometimes we can just read it and just, just to get through it. But you, you need to read it slowly and take it in and allow that truth to sink in from your head to your heart. And so because it, it takes time for us to be transformed into the image of Jesus. It's not going to be overnight. How many people are close to looking like Jesus out here? Raise your hand. <laughs> you're, you're all getting closer to looking like Jesus, hopefully. Amen. And so, and so as we see this, so, so we need to, we need to, you know, meditate on that word. And, and it says here that um, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? What does that mean? In other words, if God wasn't willing to hold back his son that he loves so much. Think about that. God loved his only begotten son. Jesus, he loved him so much, but he was willing to give him up to the cross. Why? For us. He was unwilling to allow Jesus to go through torment, to go through a, a, a you know, a crucifixion to go through a, a whipping with with a with a whip and, and, and to go through all this. Why? Because he loves us so much. And if he was willing to allow Jesus, his son, to go through the pain and he allowed that, then he, he then. And it says that that Paul is saying that he won't, you know, um, he will he will give us all things. In other words, God's not going to hold back healing from you. God's not going to hold back the promises. If he didn't hold back Jesus, he's not holding back the promises. Amen. So we got to get a revelation on that. And it says here, uh, if uh, it says here, uh, but delivered him up for us and shall not be with him. Also freely give us all things who shall bring a charge against God's elect. It is God who justifies who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Amen. So what Paul is saying here, he's saying that, you know, you know, the, the devil will try to condemn us. People will try to look at our past, look at some of the negative things we've done. You know, people can remember some of the things we've done. Sometimes you remember some of the things you do in your past. And what the devil will try to do is bring up a picture of your past to try to bring condemnation into your life. But see, see, God's not judging you for your past. If the blood is covering you, your past is wiped away. You don't have a past any longer. Don't allow condemnation to come in. And because, see, this is what the enemy will do. If we get sick sometimes and we're in a process of in the, in, in the healing process, trying to get healed, but we're, we're, we're struggling. The enemy will try to make us think it's because of our past sins that's keeping the sickness on us. But God's not holding your past sins against you. In other words, he's allowed. He, the Bible actually says he God purposely forgets your sins. And you know what the Bible actually says? He forgives them not for your sake, but for his sake. That's pretty powerful. God forgives your sins not for 
your sake, but for his sake. Why? Because God is a giver. You know, I, I did a sermon series before I was talking about the love of God and, uh, and why God created us. And I, there's two reasons that, you know, as I studied the scriptures, there's two reasons I could find that, lo- that, that reason why God created us. Number one, yeah, you, you could say for his glory, of course, but he created us, one, for fellowship. God wanted to fellowship with us. He created mankind so that, that he could have a, a person to fellowship with. And he also created us to bless us. Those are the, those are the two things I got out of the scriptures in Genesis. He came, God came to, to create us, to fellowship with us. He wants to have a living relationship w- with us. And he wants to bless us. That's, God, that's the reason why God came. He, you know, the Bible says in Genesis that he came and he blessed mankind. And so what is God trying to do? He's not trying to curse. God's not looking to curse anybody. He's looking to bless you. He's looking to lavish his love all over you. Are you listening to what I'm saying? That's why he's not willing to look at your past. That's why you shouldn't be looking at your past. Because if you keep looking in the rearview mirror in your faith, you'll end up in a ditch. And so you can't keep looking in the rearview mirror and move forward in God. You can't keep looking at the things that you've done in your past and say, maybe that's the reason, you know, you know some from other religions, it's karma. You know, you did something bad. Uh, I remember uh, my, my wife, when she was in college, she was dating a guy and, um, and he uh, had problems with his teeth and uh, he fainted one day and he broke his teeth and he had surgery and all that. And he said, I must have been a bad dentist in my last life, you know, because he believed in reincarnation and all that. But, you know, the Bible doesn't teach in reincarnation. Right. But but, you know, he may have been making a joke, but a lot of people believe in that, that, that we have come back from a different life. No, you are an original and you're not a copy. And you're not from somebody from the past. No, God created you as one of a kind. And you're not somebody that God created years ago. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? No. And God created you for this time. And, and even though we may be in a time where it may look dark out here, God created you to be an overcomer no matter what it looks like. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So God created you to be an overcomer. Amen. So we have to think about the love of God. You know, I think about the, the golden rule. And uh, it's in Matthew seven twelve. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law of the prophets. I remember, um, you know, I gave this story before, but every once in a while, I grew up with, with two other brothers. Actually, uh, uh, I had two other brothers and an older sister. And um, when I was growing up, John came about 10 years later, so I can't really bring him into the family. But, um, uh, but I grew up with these, and we would end up arguing and fighting over toys and things of that nature. Of course, my mom was a Christian, and uh, we would go to church every Sunday morning. But one of the punishments that my mom would do and when we were fighting, she would have us write, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And you have to do that like 50 times. <laughs> and so... I'm like, Mom, I'm thinking about that. I mean, I'm about to take away a toy. <laughs> but do unto others as you have to. And we would have to write this out. My mom was a good godly woman. She still is. Amen. 
And uh, sometimes we might need to do that ourselves. We may need to write down, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. In other words, treat people the way you want to be treated. I don't practice that all the time. (laughs) Especially when I'm driving and there's a line and I go and I try to... (laughs) Okay, we won't go there. (laughs) Anybody ever do that? Kind of cut, kind of go down that traffic? Or do you stay in that traffic? Or do you get out and run it down as far as you can and then find somebody that has a big opening and... Okay, I I guess I'm the only one that does that. (laughs) Or nobody's going to admit to that. Amen? And, but God's working on me. <laughs> God's working on me. I was, in, I was in, my, in the car with my mom, and she says, are you going to ever have any patience when you drive? <laughs> and I, I, and all, I, that all was chiming up in my head was, when is she going to tell me, do unto others? <laughs> well, we'll keep, we'll keep moving. <laughs> Love you, Mom. Mom's right there. Amen. And so... Number two, so, so we got we to do unto others as we would ha- want them to do unto us. In other words, we need to walk in the love of God. Amen. Uh, you know, Paul said it this way. He said, if you're going to fulfill the entire commandment of the law, if you're going to fulfill the, the law, the prophets, the, the one scripture he said is to love your neighbor as yourself. And he said it fulfills the entire law of the prophets. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus takes it a little deeper. And it's not just loving your neighbor, it's loving your enemies. Oh, man, did you have to go there this morning, Pastor? Uh, Yeah, it's loving those that are unlovely. That's the hardest thing that we can do is loving our enemies. And how do you you get released from, from unforgiveness? You pray for that person that hurts you. You don't pray that God would would take them down and take them out. You pray mercy for them. Amen. You don't pray that God will take them out of this plant, off this planet and judge them. No, you pray for God's mercy to be on their life. Amen. Why? Because every once in a while, we might need some mercy. Every once in a while, we mess up. Now, maybe not, you know, not all that, but every once in a while, I might need a little mercy. I might, I might need, you know, I might step on somebody's toes. I might do something wrong. What? Yeah, we might need some mercy. So if we need mercy, we need to sow mercy. Amen. Remember when Jesus was on the cross and they were actually yelling at him and screaming at him while he was on the cross. And they were, they were saying, if you're really who you say you are, come off the cross. They were saying that the Pharisees were laughing and, and jeering. And, 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 and uh, you know, Jesus prayed that famous prayer. You know, he said five things on the cross. But one of the things he did say was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And you might say, they do know what they're doing, Pastor. Yes, but they don't know what they're sowing is what eventually they're going to reap. They don't know who they're messing with if you're a child of God. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm They don't know that you're... Listen, if somebody messes with your kid, you're going to... Nobody's messing with my kid. Are you listening to what I'm You're going to fight for your kid, right? And, you know, you, so, you, listen, you may be able to call your kid some names, but don't let anybody else call your kid any names. 
You might call your kids, well, they're rugrats, you know, but, you know, but somebody else better not t- t- tell you that they're rugrats. What? what are you talking about? Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Because God is very protective of his children, and he's very protective of you. Am I talking to anybody today? Do I have any parents in here, even though some of your kids make you mad as fire, you know, get you so upset, you still love them, don't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, some of my kids get me so angry at times, but I still love them. So I'll discipline them, but then I'm loving on them, you know, afterwards. Amen? Because right? I can't help it. Amen? Glory to God, because the love of God was shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. And when you receive God in your life, you receive the love, the agape love of God, and it compels you to walk in love. It compels you to do that. Number two step in, 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 in a healing process, because that's gonna be, if you can walk in love, I'm telling you, you're going to walk in peace. If you're not in any stress, because stress opens the door to disease in our life. And if you're walking in peace, you can't get the, if, if, if you don't allow the enemy to get you all jacked up, I'm telling you, you're going to live a long life. If you, if you stay calm and peaceful and not allow the things of this world and what people are doing to get you upset. In other words, don't sweat the small stuff. Because everything is small compared to the bigness of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So, so number two, we need to know without a shadow of doubt it's God's will that we walk in divine health. That's the highest bar that we can walk in is, is divine health. But we're not all there yet. I'm telling you, I used to deal with allergies. I don't deal with allergies any longer. I'm redeemed from allergies. I used to deal with stuff, but the longer I'm in the word of God, the longer I stay meditating on his goodness and his mercy, the, the, the more free I become. And the more you come out here and, you know, we may be dealing with some issues. We may not have it just right. But the more you come out here and hear the goodness of God being ministered to you, you're going to start believing it and, you, and you're going to start activating it. And it's going to become real in your life. Amen. And so and so here we, we need to uh, make sure that we don't doubt that it's God's will for us to walk in divine health. The Lord's prayer is one of the keys. Uh, Jesus said to pray this way in Luke eleven two. He said, when you pray, say our father in heaven. I love that because, you know, he didn't say uh, pray. Oh, God almighty. You know, he said, pray our father. Why? Because Jesus wants you to get a revelation that we're his children. You know, sometimes when I hear people pray, sometimes I hear ministers pray and sometimes they would say, oh, God. And I, I, I do that, too. But I, I think God would rather have you say to him, oh, heavenly father, you need to get up. You need to get an understanding that he's your heavenly father and he's a good, good father. And so he's not just God. He may be God to the world, but he's my heavenly father to me. And we got to get a revelation of that. Amen. So he said, pray this way, our father in heaven. The only time Jesus called God, God, when he when he walked on this earth and he ministered, he always when he prayed, he was always talking to the father. He would say, my father. But whenever he used the word God, it was when he was on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why? Because on the cross, he was paying for all our sins. And the grace and the mercy of God was not there on the cross. In other words, it was the judgment of God 
on, on the cross, on Jesus. Jesus was taking our judgment. Think about that. What we deserved, Jesus took. And when you get a revelation of that, how can you not believe that God doesn't love you? Because none of us are perfect. And our smallest sin put Jesus on the cross. Amen. And so, and so we got to get that revelation. Our Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And now listen to this. What is God's will in heaven? Well, God's will in heaven is, is not sickness. It's not poverty. It's not, you know, depression. No, God's will in heaven. Heaven is a great place. It's a wealthy place. Streets of gold, pearly gates, uh, you know, heavenly choirs. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a place with many mansions. Jesus said, uh, you know, they, uh, Jesus said, do not be troubled for in my house there are many mansions and I go to prepare a place for you. In other words, you know, Jesus said troubles will come while we're on this earth. Tribulations will come while we're on this earth. But be of good cheer. Jesus has overcome this world and you can overcome this world. And Jesus has a better place in store for us to get to. And that's heaven. And it's not over yet. And we're moving into that place, that heavenly place. But I believe that there still can be days of heaven on earth. Do you believe that today? In other words, God wants to make it days of heaven and earth. Why? God wants us walking, you know, debt free. He wants us walking uh, free of disease and sickness. He doesn't want us walking with that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, another another reason why we know it's God's will for us to heal. It, it was Jesus. Jesus commissioned the disciples to go about and heal people. He actually uh, it says in Luke uh, four, 18 and 19, this uh, it says this. Uh, the spirit of the Lord uh, is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and to recover sight to the blind and set liberty those that are oppressed. That was Jesus Job title. Amen. And so and so but Jesus did commission the 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 disciples to go out, uh, 70 disciples to go out and preach healing uh, in Luke 10, 8 and 9. Whatever city you enter in, they receive you. Eat such things as you set before you and heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God is at hand. I would say this, the gospel of, of, of the kingdom, it's more than just our sins being uh, purged and us getting a right standing with God and going to heaven. No, the kingdom of God is about God healing and delivering and setting us free from all the, the, the elements of this world. It's not just for us to get a, a ticket in heaven. In other words, the kingdom of God is about healing, is about wholeness, is about soundness, is about presentation, uh, preservation. In other words, when I minister the truth of the gospel, the Lord Jesus Christ, people are receiving Christ, are getting saved, but you're getting saved. In other words, salvation, in other words, the more we hear the word of God and we apply it and we get a revelation of his truth, the more free we're going to become. So we're getting more healed every time we hear the word of God. Oh, you hear what I'm saying today? We're getting a revelation of the bigness of God. Amen. And we're and we're becoming more and more 
healed, delivered, and set free. We know that Jesus really believed the gospel of the kingdom is not just about us going to heaven, but it's about healing, delivering, and setting free because of the Great Commission. And the Great Commission, now, I love this because there's actually, the Great Commission is in two, two different passages. But this is the one that we go with, that the Christians go with that believe in the power of God. And it says in Mark 16, 15 through 18, and he said to them, go into all the world. And preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes is baptized will be saved. I love that. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. Uh, so, So listen. You have the power over the works of the evil one. And there are demonic spirits that are attacking people all over this planet. And demonic spirits will attack Christians too. Have you ever had problems sleeping at night? Sometimes it could be a devil or a a suppressive spirit trying to oppress you. You You got to tell him where to go. You got power over him. Amen. It says, in my name, you will cast out demons. First and foremost, if there's any demonic spirits, if there's, in other words, you know, it's not just, sometimes we think if we're depressed, that's just, that's just our melancholy personality. You know, no, a depression, uh, it, it, it derives from fear. And the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he has given us a spirit of power love and a sound mind and whatever is if we're if we're finding ourselves in despair and we're finding ourselves in, it could be a spirit and we you got to command that spirit of fear to leave you has anybody ever been afraid in this place i'm glad i got some honest people today amen i'm glad you're not afraid of any kind of flu you're going to come to church anyway amen and so, and so here, uh, it says here, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Amen. And, th- and that's a supernatural language that God will give to the believer. And uh, they will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it, won't, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So, so in the Great Commission, Jesus is saying, I'm giving you power over demonic spirits. I'm giving you power over sickness. I'm giving you power. He, he's giving us power over poverty. He's given us power, glory to God. And we got to get a revelation of that, that, that he paid the price for that glory to God. So where are we uh, at positionally when we get saved. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 6, the Bible says positionally we are raised up together and, and he made us sit together in heavenly price, uh, places in Christ Jesus. So when you get saved, not only uh, do you have salvation, but in, in a positionless sense, you're seated with Jesus in heavenly places. Amen. That, that's, that shows that we have authority with Jesus. And we have authority over all the works of the enemy. Let me give you some scriptures that tell you this. In Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. Because I'm going to say this. You don't need to pray that God will do something about your sickness or about the devil attacking you or your family. Oh, man. You don't need to pray to God. You need to speak to those circumstances. 
Let me, let, let me, let me just give you this. It, it says Ephesians 4, 26, 27. Let me back my, what I'm saying up to you today. Be angry and do not sin. Ephesians 4, 26, 27. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. So the Apostle Paul is saying, be angry and sin not. Do not let the sun go down in wrath. In other words, don't stay angry. It's okay to get angry about some injustice, but we don't want to stay angry about it. Amen. And then he says, give no place to the devil. So that means that we have the power to give the devil no place in our life. We have the power to give no sin any place in our life. We have that power. In Peter, it says, be sober. Peter 5, 8 and 9. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, Peter's talking about the devil here. You know, we're, I'm not here to glorify the devil. I'm here to glorify God. But, you know, the devil is part of the equation in our life. He's out here to try to steal, kill and destroy. So we need to know that there is an enemy that we have that's arrayed against us. It's not just us and God. Yes, and that's why Peter says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So, so Peter's saying that the devil's looking for a people that he can attack. The devil wants to attack people. And a lot of the people that he attacks, he, he attacks Christians that that are ignorant of God's word. He attacks Christians that are believing the wrong things about the goodness of God. He attacks Christians and 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 and, and Peter's saying be vigilant, be sober, be alert because the enemy's trying to come against us in some way. But he says resist him. You have to resist the attacks of the enemy. You have to resist the 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 um Feeling of being angry or upset for too long. You, you got to resist those things. You got to resist unforgiveness. You got to resist it. Amen. James 4 7, it says here, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen. And so I love this because most preachers will preach this resist the devil. And he will flee from you. He, they only quote part of that. I, I listen to a lot of ministers. And I say, well, how come they don't uh, quote, therefore submit to God? <laughs> and you need to submit to God. Amen. Then you can res- actively resist the devil. Amen. Listen, if you're not submitting to God, then, then you can't actively really resist the devil in the way f- for him to flee from you. Because if you're not under God's submission... If you're not under authority, you know, you know, there's people that that are Christians. They may have fell out of church or they may have gotten offended from a church or from a pastor. And they're not going to church anymore and they're not in church any longer. And but, they, you know, they, they may still be walking with the Lord, but but they're not under any divine protection. Because you need to be in a church and and God created church to have a pastor to speak into your life, to have a flock so we could stand with each other. Amen. And so we can stand together. And when we're out of church, we're an orphan Christian. And the enemy's tactic is to get us out from under the covering of the local church. Why? So he can destroy us. 
Amen. When I wasn't going to church, man, my life was going downhill. Amen. And now, you know, when I got back to the father's house, I don't ever want to leave. Uh, because it's a cold, cruel world out there. I, 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 I was a Christian, but I was backslidden in my walk. I was walking with a lot of worldly people and, and they can be mean <laughs> and they can be cold and cruel. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And then and, and my whole life went out a kilt. But when I got back to the father's house, I said, I'm never leaving the father's house again. And you know what? I came here. I remember when I came back to, to uh, the father's house, I was, I was going through a divorce. I lost my house. I lost my dog. It was a bad country song. And I, I, came, and I came to church. And, I, and the first question I asked the minister or the assistant minister that was there is, how do you hear from God? Because I'm not doing too good in the Christian walk. And, you know, and I wanted to know how you hear from God. I, I know that God has the best plan for our life. And how do you walk with God? Because I, I was missing it big time. And my life was out of kilt and out of order when I was out of church. But I got back in church. And guess what God did? He put my life back in order. Isn't it awesome? Whenever you get more God in your life, you get more order in your life. Amen. And you get more peace in your life. Amen. And so we have to do this. uh, He says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Well, what does that look like, pastor? How do you resist the devil? Well, listen, sometimes a pain may come your way. Your your leg might hurt, but you resist by saying no in Jesus' name. I don't receive this pain. And you start walking it out. (laughs) Walk it out. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why? Why? You got to act. You know what I'm talking about? Thank God. How are you doing, brother? I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. You don't look too healed. I don't go by what it looks like. I go by what I believe. And I believe the scriptures. And the scriptures said, by Jesus Christ, I'm healed. So I'm healed. But you look pretty bad. I don't walk by sight. I walk by faith. I am not a Christian that looks at the circumstances. I look at the promises. You're a weird one, aren't you? No, I'm a, I'm a Bible-believing Christian. You've got to resist the devil. Sometimes I hear people, I don't want to go to church because I'm not feeling too good. No, that's when you need to come to church. I'm not feeling good, fast. What? Come to church. We're praying. We'll pray for you. You, you will feel good. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Hallelujah. So we got to get that revelation. Uh, I love this in Romans 5.20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. Here in Romans, Paul is saying here that what Adam did by sinning, Adam and Eve did he, they brought sin into the they Adam and Eve sold us out <laughs> you know what I'm saying they sold us out you know they they did not have you know they didn't have the moral right they they had a right they ate the fruit they ate us out of the kingdom out of the glorious kingdom amen but you know and what they did was bad and it brought sin into the whole world and that's what brought the curse into the world Right. But when Jesus came, he came to undo what 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 uh, the devil did by tempting Adam and Eve. And Jesus brought the blessing back into the world. 
right? And so, and so what Jesus did by going on the cross and paying for our sins and giving us power over the devil, over sickness, over poverty, what he did was greater than what Adam and Eve did. Are you listening? And that's what he was saying. He was saying the grace of Jesus, what he did by paying all this on the cross, is greater than the sin that Adam and Eve has done. And it's greater. Say God's grace is greater. And so he's saying that where sin may abound, grace abounds much more. So where it may look bad, God's power to cause you to overcome is greater than the devil's power to bring you down. I'm going to say that again. I say that again. God's power to give to bring you up is greater than the devil's power to bring you down. You've got to believe that. God is greater than that. See, listen, Goliath should have won that fight. I'm going to be honest with you. David should have got pulverized. I mean, if I was a bet man, I, you know, I mean, uh, I'm a golly man, but I'm going to look at Goliath, David. Uh, but you know what? David won the battle. How did he win the battle? Because he didn't allow Goliath. You know, Goliath talked trash to David and said, I'm going to take you down. And no, no you need to learn to talk trash back to the devil. I'm going to take you down. And David said, you ain't going to take me down. I'm going to take you down. I'm going to take your head off. And and David didn't even have a sword. All he had was a a couple rocks and a sling. But you know what? He had the rocks would represent stones. And Jesus is our rock. And as long as we have the rock of Jesus in our life, it doesn't matter how big the Goliath is. It has to come down. Whatever Goliath might be in your life, It has to come down because the greater one, Jesus, greater is he, Jesus, that is in you than he, the devil, that's in this world. And you got the greater one in you. Nobody can take you down. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Why? Because the greater one is in you. You need to learn to start talking trash to the devil. Because he's sorry he even ever messed with you, glory to God. Because I'm looking at fighters and conquerors in here this morning. I'm not looking at losers and wimps. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Like I said, you know, uh, warriors are made in deserts. You might be in a desert today. You might be dealing with a situation that feels like you feel like you cannot overcome. But I'm going to say this. You're coming out of your desert. Jesus was in his desert. And you know what? He was being tempted by the devil. But you know, the Bible says he came out in the power. Jesus came out in the power of the Spirit. And whatever the enemy's trying to do in your life, I'm telling you, you respond the right way. You, you, you understand the love of God. You understand walking in love with each other. And you, and you understand that God will overcome that thing that may be attacking you. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Listen, it's your faith. My final point, it's your faith that's going to cause you to overcome in this life. It's your faith. See, the enemy's after. He's not just after trying to kill you. He's trying to kill your faith. He's trying to kill your belief that God is for you. The devil's trying to kill your belief that God can do something in your life. No, he's trying to destroy your belief system. No, God is for you. That's why you're here this morning. I'm telling you, I'd probably be dead right now if it wasn't for the Lord. 
Because, I, man, I was my own worst enemy. I was really good at doing dumb. Anybody out there good at doing dumb every once in a while? I was good at being, I was good at being reckless. Hey, are you hearing what I'm saying today? But thank God I'm not reckless anymore. Thank God I'm submitted to God. I'm resisting the devil. I'm resisting pride. I'm resisting all those things that would cause the problems in my life. Now, now, faith is the key. Listen, faith is the key that's going to cause you to overcome. If you're going to walk in health and healing and wholeness, soundness, preservation, protection, you're going to have to walk in faith. And, and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The lady with the issue of blood in Mark 5, 25 to 34, she, she did some things that caused her faith to move forward. She said to herself, if I could touch the hem of Jesus' garment, I will be healed. See, you got to get a vision of health in your life. See, when the enemy tries to throw something at you, he's trying to get you to get a vision of destruction. But you got to change that vision of poverty and destruction to a, to a vision of, of grace and wealth and health. Are you listening to what I'm saying? You have to change your vision. And the enemy's trying to get you to look at, 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 at uh, a vision of negative, but change it to a vision of positive. Listen, God's plans for you are good plans to give you a hope and a future, not for destruction. Bible says that God takes you know, great pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. In other words, he takes great ple- pleasure in you, his children, when you prosper. Do you believe that today? Not when you fall. And the woman that had an issue of blood in Mark 5, 24 said, if I could touch the hem of his garment. So she already visualized, I'm getting to Jesus. And then she, she, she went out to the crowd, pushed through in her weakened state. She shouldn't even have went out because, you know, the law says when you're sick, you're not supposed to mix with other people. And, uh, and, but she went ahead and did it anyway because she needed to get to Jesus. Some of you, all you need to do is just get to the word. Some of you, all you need to do is get a revelation of God's goodness. Some, that's all you got to do. You got to get to the word of God. She, she pressed through. So she acted on her faith. You see, faith is just acting. You know, the, the simplest definition of faith is acting like the word of God is true. That's all faith is, is acting like God's word is true. Acting like his, his word is true. And so she went through and pressed in. And then she touched the hem of his garment. And the Bible says that Jesus was walking. And he said, who touched me? And there are many people touching him that day. And there's many people on, in church listening to sermons. But are you receiving what God wants you to receive? And are you partaking of it? And she took it. And, and Jesus turned because he felt power. The Bible says virtue come out of him. And Jesus said, who touched me? And, and then, of course, she looked up to Jesus and, 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 and he saw her and she told him the whole story. And Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Jesus didn't say my power. Jesus was even, he was even aware that she was even receiving it. Jesus said, your faith. There's another place where Jesus uh, healed uh, some blind, blind men. And Jesus said, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. In other words, what are you believing for God to do in your life? Are you believing God that he's going to, that, that, that your life, listen, your life is not going to stay the same. 
You're not going to stay sick, glory to God. You're not going to stay bound up, glory to God. No, God is working on your circumstance. He's working on your situation. You're coming out, up and out of it. Listen, when I got to church, I was broke. I was in debt. I was divorced. Glory to God. And God, man, I'm out of debt. I have a wife. I have three beautiful kids. I have a beautiful congregation. God has raised me up. Glory to God. And God will do the same for you. I'm telling you, you are marked for greatness no matter what it looks like. And the only reason why you're under attack right now, because because the devil knows that you have something in God and you have a future in God. And the devil's trying to launch every attack he can to keep you from moving forward in God. Because the devil is afraid about you finding out what you know in God and walking in God and, and appropriating his promises to overtake him. Are you listening to what I'm saying? That's the reason why some of us are under attack. Why? Because the devil's afraid of you. He's trying to do everything he can to discourage you. But listen, you're not going to be discouraged. You're going to be encouraged. You're not going to back up. You're not going to back away. The Bible says he that shrinks back, uh, God said, my soul has no pleasure in him. We don't look back. We, we, listen, there's no armor for your back. The armor's all for the front. The armor of God in Ephesians 6. Why? Because we don't back up. We move forward. And I'm telling you, you're not backing up in God. You're moving forward in God. No matter how hot it gets, you're going to press in. And I'm telling you, you're going to go through the fire. And when you come out, you're not even going to have the smell of smoke on you. Because Jesus will be in the fire with you. You believe that today? Did you receive it this morning? Glory to God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and for your goodness and for your love. And I thank you that you've given us the power to overcome any obstacle that may come our way. And I thank you, Father God, that you have created us to be conquerors in you, Lord. And I thank you, Father God, for those that are in this audience this morning, those that are watching online. And uh, the key for you to obtain the blessings of God and To walk in eternal life is to receive Jesus. Jesus is the life giver. Glory to God. And so if you're watching online, perhaps you never made a confession of your faith. And and the Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, Jesus was raised from the dead. The Bible says you shall be saved. So with your words, Jesus said you'll be justified. And with your words, you will be condemned. So allow your words to, to bring you into a place where you're justified with God. Say this to me. Uh, say this out loud for me. And, if, and meet in your heart if you're ready to take that step for God. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus. I repent of sin and I turn fully to you. Thank you for receiving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.